Connecticut City Council to order for Monday, September 12, 2022. Roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Here. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Here. Councilman Gillette? Here. Councilwoman Sierra? Here. Councilman Susie? Here. Councilman Ward? President Gendron? Here. Would you please stand for the prayer and the pledge? God, our Father, we ask that you send your blessing upon this city and upon this council. Guide us in our efforts, increase our motivation, and strengthen our resolve to build a better community and ensure a brighter future for the city of Winsocket. This we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. First item on the agenda is five public hearings. Madam Clerk, if you'd like to begin. 22LC31, public hearing on transfer application of BV liquor license from 2120 Diamond Hill Road, Inc., doing business as Fazini's, to Melville, Inc., doing business as Bandito's Mexican Restaurant at 2120 Diamond Hill Road. Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this request? If you could please approach the podium, state your name and address for the record, and um, tell us what you want to say. Hi, good evening, everybody. So my name is Christian Brambilla, and my address is 59 Park Street in Attleboro, Massachusetts. Uh, so and we're here for apply for the liquor license for the new business in 2120 Diamond Hill Road. So we have like um, five years round uh, two locations. So, and we're very happy for introduce uh, our business in this town. Very good. Thank you. This is the public hearing portion. So um, after the public hearing is done, we'll close the public hearing and then go right to the vote on the licenses. So stick around if there's any questions of the council because you're the applicant, we'll, pull, we'll call you up. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Is there anyone else that would like to address the council either for or against this application? Hearing none, Madam Clerk, next one. 22LC32, public hearing an application request for 2 a.m. closing and hookah lounge by David's Kitchen LLC at 614 North Main Street. Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this application? Uh, Councilor Mike DeBrice, one Tupperway Drive, North Smithfield, but I'm here on as the Director of Plan and Development. Um, I just want to bring to your attention that even though that is advertised correctly for a hookah lounge at this location, it is not zoned for this, and um, we request through our department that you do not take a vote on that part of the um, of the application and refer that back down to our office to go to our zoning board. Okay. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak for or against this request? I'm here to speak for on. Um, if you could adjust the microphone and just. Um, I'm here to speak on behalf of David Vega for the 2 a.m. license. Okay, if you could state your name and address Kimberly for the Hopkins, record, please. Kimberly Hawkins, 13 Ascension Street, Blackstone, Mass. So he'd like to do the 2 a.m. closing. We are aware of the zoning board issue on the hookah license at the moment. Um, right now, we're just trying to more focus on closing time and get the proper 
permits and everything that we need for the zoning in order to go ahead with the hookah lounge. Okay. Um, we think that it would be a good idea for the area at the time for the 2 a.m. I think it will bring more revenue. It will be safer for the area. People don't have to travel a long distance. We're not looking to make it an area where, you know, the neighborhood comes into an issue with it, where we know we have neighborhoods, neighbors, children around. We just want it to be a safe environment. We feel like if we have that time, people won't be traveling as far to go places. They won't have to go to Providence. They can stay locally and they can be safer at David's Kitchen. Okay. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak for or against this application? Please approach the podium. Yes. Uh, good evening. My name is uh, Louis Parenti with NRI Realty, uh, mailing address PO Box 40401 in Providence. Um, we own the property adjacent uh, to the restaurant at 586 North Main Street. And uh, first off, I want to say we are definitely pro-business in the city. We were happy to see that someone had moved in next door. The outside of the building looks great. They did a great job with the parking lot. It's all seal-coated. Just I think there's a little more work that needs to be done before we proceed with a 2 a.m. license. We, we have some issues quite often in the morning with beer bottles and cans, nip bottles, and things like that littered throughout front of our building, which we didn't have before. And quite often there's people in there till after 2 a.m. already. So I think uh, from what I hear, it's a good place. They have good food, and I really wish them well, but I think the, they need to refine their business a little more before you address something like that okay thank you is there anyone else that would like to address the council either for or against this application hearing none madam clerk 22 lc 33 public hearing and transfer application of first class victory license from taco bell m taco rhode island inc to ddo new england llc doing business as taco bell at 1500 diamond hill road is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this request? Hearing none, Madam Clerk. 22 LC 34, public hearing and application of first class victory license by Jerry and I Diner, LLC, doing business as Champs Diner at 719 Front Street. Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this application? Hearing none, Madam Clerk. 22 LC 35, public hearing on application of Class BV liquor license by New Tokyo Japanese Steakhouse, doing business as Mr. Hibachi at 480 Cass Avenue. Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this application? Hearing none, I would ask for a motion to close the public hearing. So moved. Motion made by Councilman Gillette, seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez to close the public hearing. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. <clears throat> And the public hearing is closed on a six to zero vote. Madam Clerk, moving on to the agenda for Board of License Commissioners. 22 LC 30, application of <coughs> licenses and renewal of licenses. Mr. President, I make a motion to pass the following licenses. The, uh, oops, I got it over here. Holiday license for new licenses, also tobacco, and renewals for quarterly entertainment and tattoo. Motion made by Councilman Gillette. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez and Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22 LC 30 is approved 6 to 0. 
LC31, application on transfer of BV liquor license from 2120 Diamond Hill Road, Inc., doing business as Fazzini's, to Melville, Inc., doing business as Bandito's Mexican Restaurant at 2120 Diamond Hill Road. Motion to approve. Motion made by yep. Councilwoman Sierra, seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments? I just... Councilwoman wish, Gonzalez. I just wish you uh, luck. I know there's been a few turnarounds in that. Um, I know that um, there's been a few turnarounds in that business, and I just wish you the best of luck. I love Mexican food, and I can't wait to pass by. Thank you. Any other comments? Mr. President. Councilman Gillette. I just have one question. When are you opening? <laughs> I can't wait. Thank you. Any other comments? I will just simply say I enjoy your other two uh, locations, so uh, it's nice to have you moving into my city. Thank you. Uh, any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. In 22, LC 31 is approved, 6 to 0. Your license has been approved. Please see the clerk um, during regular business hours. 22 LC 32, application request of 2 a.m. Closed and Hookah Lounge by David's Kitchen, LLC at 614 North Main Street. Do we have a motion? Okay, um, then 22 LC 32 fails for lack of a motion. Your, your application has not been approved because there was no uh, motion. You can see the... Uh, planning board, uh, the planning director, uh, to make other arrangements. Thank you. 22LC33, transfer application of first class victualing license from Taco Bell, M. Taco Rhode Island, Inc., to DDO New England, LLC, doing business as Taco Bell at 1500 Diamond Hill Road. Motion to approve. Second. Motion made by Councilwoman Gonzalez, seconded by Councilman Susi. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22 LC 33 is approved, 6 to 0. 22 LC 34, application of first class victualing license by J&R Diner, LLC, doing business as Champs Diner at 719 Front Street. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra, seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it, and 22LC34 is approved, 6 to 0. If there's anyone here for that license request, it has been approved. See the clerk uh, during normal business hours. 22LC35, application of Class BV liquor license by New Tokyo Japanese Steakhouse, doing business as Mr. Hibachi at 480 Cass Avenue. Motion to pass. Motion made by Councilman Gillette, seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22LC35 is approved 6 to 0. If there's anyone here for that license application, it has been approved. Please see the clerk during normal business hours. Next item on the agenda is public comment. If there's anyone here that would like to address the City Council, I would ask that you approach the podium, adjust the microphone so that we can hear you, state your name and address for the clerk. We ask that you please keep your comments to under five minutes and obviously in good taste. Is there anyone here that would like to address the City Council? Yes. Hi. 
Good evening. Uh, once again, I'm Louis Parenti with NRI Realty. Um, I also own One Socket Properties. Uh, we have approximately 120 tenants in the city of One Socket. Um, I'm here, uh, number one, some questions, but also some concerns regarding the increase in the taxes as far as commercial properties go. Um, let me rephrase that. The tax rate was cut by 30 percent, but the valuations went up between, on average, 100 to 200 percent. So uh, my overall average increase in taxes on commercial properties, which is anything four units or greater, in my situation on average four to seven units, my taxes have gone up on average 40 to 45 percent, which is going to account for a rent increase of about 50 to 75 dollars for all of my tenants. I mean, we're facing a rental and housing crisis already, and I just don't understand how, if this budget was balanced and things were moved around, um, as we were told from the beginning that don't worry about the, the values of your properties because the tax rates are getting lowered and this isn't a matter of a money-making operation. We're just shifting things around and it will balance out. Um, didn't balance out for me. I have one property that went up almost $6,000. Um, I know not just myself, but in speaking with several other property owners in the city, um, between myself and the few that I spoke with, we represent, I don't know, close to 500 units in the city, and all our taxes have gone up. So I, I just I don't understand it. Um, where's all the extra money going? But uh, who reviewed it? Who gave the final say on it? I just, I don't know. I can't seem to get any answers from anybody. We, uh, we won't be able to give you an answer tonight, but I uh, will tell you that you're not the first person to contact me and I'm sure other counselors. Um, so that we will be looking into this a little bit further. So um, can't, can't give you an answer tonight, but hopefully you will get an answer soon. Okay. Well. Thank you for hearing me, Vent. Appreciate it. No, thank you for taking the time to come out. Okay. Is there anyone else that would like? Please approach the podium. If you can pull that microphone way down. Way down. Yes. Okay, there you go. You. <laughs> um, my name is Dina Dutremble. I live at Five Dwayne Court, North Smithfield, Rhode Island. Um, my husband and I own two properties in one socket. One is a four family, and our taxes went up on that property by seventy nine percent and the evaluation went up by 139%. Um, so we're now paying on that for family $10,500 a year, which is... What were you paying? We were paying um, about 52. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's only four tenants there, so you can imagine if we were to pass that on, and we don't have a history of doing that. We've owned property in Woonsocket since 1974, and we lived here in one of them for 20 years, and we've never done that, and we have very good tenants. But it 79% increase, we also have uh, a duplex in one socket that went up 16. It's still a lot. I've never seen that in any year before, but um, 
a little more reasonable than 79%. If our, um, I have a schedule, but I left it at my seat. But if our tax rate um, for commercial on the four family went down at the same percentage rate that the um, residential went down, our increase um, on the four family would still be $2,200 a year, which again, on a um, $5,000 tax bill is excessive. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any? Hi, my name is Chris Chester from 38 Blue Street in Woonsocket. I just want to echo what the last uh, couple of people have said. Um, my wife and I own a number of multifamily properties in the city, most of which are in the residential realm, two to three families, but we do have four that are uh, taxed commercially. Um, and just, I had a five unit on Coast Street that in 2021, the taxes were $8,500 a year, which seemed very high to me. They're now almost $13,000 a year, which is gonna be a $70 per month um, increase to each tenant if I were to pass it along. Um, 488 South Main Street uh, was was close to 8,000 last year. Now it's almost 12,000, a 52% increase. Um, again, passing that along to the tenants, almost $70 a month per unit. Um, it just seems a little bit much. Um, the residential rates went up somewhat. Um, in my case, a few went down, some went up as high as 28%. In general, they stayed pretty even, but the commercials were just completely outrageous. Um, and I'm not sure how to handle it, uh, but I wanted to make sure everybody knew about that. Well, you are not the first one, so um, I thank you for coming out, though. We, uh, we hopefully will have some answers. Okay, thank you. Thank you. My name is Charles Lemoyne. I've, since 2007, I've been coming here to the city council trying to get you to speak into your mics. I'm sick of it, and I want you to speak into your mics, or you're going, I'm going to stand and say, why ain't you speaking into your mics? That's it. I'm done waiting for somebody to speak into their mics. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like... <clears throat> Uh, good evening, um, Councilman, Councilwoman, boards, distinguished guests. Um, my name is Keith Harrison, and um, the thing that I've seen on Channel 12 News about our mayor here in Moonsocket, who refused to do anything, and I know I speak beyond myself as a resident here over 10 years, and to me, the board needs to do something about Miss Lisa. I mean, if we, if you have to vote her out, I guarantee you, if you go to Price Right, Stop and Shop, Stop and Shop Plaza, Walmart, and ask people what they think of what's going on with their city right now, it's an abomination. The state has so much money, and I know the money's already been allocated out to, to certain cities, and yet our fire department seems that they're lacking of equipment because we're borrowing equipment from Atterborough, or we're renting other equipment from other cities. These are major problems that we need to be fixing here. And if we can't find a leader 
or anybody who's going to willing to sit here and actually speak up for residents, even including businesses, because even businesses here, they're suffering. It's, it's getting to the point where people are moving out of the state. And we shouldn't just be known for where, you know, we're just historic Woonsocket. Absolutely. Woonsocket has so much potential, but yet we have yet to untap it. And hence, therefore, my name is Keith Harrison, and I want everybody to please take care and look at this face very, very genuinely, because I want to be a right on ballot and face Miss Lisa Hunt for being mayor and actually get somebody in here who's going to willing to work with the board and get things done. With that being said, good evening. You know, I'm, I'm coming off of being from a truck driver, making sure the toilet paper and everything else get on the shelves. But it's time for me now to get behind into a suit from being in the Marine Corps and in the Navy and actually get some things done. So if anybody wants to sit down with me and talk about some real future plans where we can be not just wound socket as everybody look at us, but a true milestone here and really sit there and say, OK, we're better than Providence. We're better than Johnston. We're better than Cranston. Give me a call. Send me an email. Let's sit down. Let's talk some ideas and let's get some things done because everybody who's sitting right here, they're tired of it. We're tired of rent of, of inflating. We got to pass laws that needs to that needs to have these people be heard and be taken care of. Talk to the senior citizens. It's not fair for them to sit there and be paying over a thousand dollars for rent and they only getting fourteen dollars or ten dollars for food stamps. I've talked to these people, even the homeless. Come talk to me. Come, let's sit down. Invite me to your office. And let's get some things done. Because I'm that go-getter. I'm that Marine. I still got a lot of fight in me. I'm 35 years old with one kid. But baby, let me tell you, you get this locomotive started, and we're going to get somewhere. And remember, we're looking after for our kids, our grandkids. This is the most important thing that we have to leave behind. And right now, the way we are heading down this track, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. Thank you for your time. I certainly Thank do appreciate you. it. Thank you. I didn't expect to speak. My name is Rhonda Sharon. I own property on Park Avenue, 1025, 1027, 1029. I recently moved back from Alaska. <clears throat> Winsocket wasn't my first place, my first choice to live, but it, the opportunity <clears throat> came up. My house went from 244000 to 500000 This makes, it, Zillow is a high estimate of my house. It's over 406000 And I understand everything is going up. That's not a problem. What I do have a problem with is no one wants to do repairs on their property because the taxes are going to go up. It's ridiculous. So what you're doing is you're perpetuating a slum. So it, it really needs to be fixed. I, my house is not worth 500000 and if you think it is, please stroke a check. I'd be happy to leave. <laughs> Thank you. Wait Hi, my name's Priscilla Hudson. I live on Orchard Street in Woonsocket. I'm um, a renter, and I have heard that our rent just recently went up in... July, as of July 1st, and I heard that we're, it's most likely going to have to go up again if this increase goes up. Um, I will have to move. I will have to move out of Woonsocket. There are no places in Woonsocket to rent reasonably. It's all overpriced, and the accommodations are horrific. Um, I'm on a fixed income. I'll tell you that $50 that it went up in July is actually killing me. 
Right now, I have zero in my checking account after paying gas, insurances, you know, the rent. You know, everybody has the same problems, but zero for the rest of the month. If it goes up, I mean, it's not their fault. It's not the real estate agent's fault. I understand that. But how can you possibly increase taxes that much? Because it's going to all come on us. I have two daughters and a granddaughter who also rent in my same neighborhood, and they will all have to move, too. You're going to lose so many people, residents in Woonsocket. Thank you. Most of us rent. Thank you. My name is Shane Cooper. Uh, we own um, a few uh, multifamily uh, buildings that will be affected. Can building. you pull, pull the microphone up, please? Uh, we own a few uh, multifamilies that are uh, being affected by uh, the most recent tax increase. And um, I echo what uh, that fine lady just said, that uh, we will have to increase rents to make up for the difference in taxes that will be brought upon us. And not to mention, I mean, she talked about uh, the conditions. I mean, we do our best to keep these things in, you know, the condition that you would want to live in and you would want to live in. In the cost of materials on top of just taxes have gone through the roof, and it's getting harder. I mean, there's, I mean, everybody thinks that landlords, being landlords, just have all this money and they can throw around, but it's quite the opposite. I mean, mortgages, taxes, insurance, maintenance, you know, I mean, it's all old stock here and they're expensive to maintain. It, I mean, we're just going to get squeezed. I mean, the next thing that's going to happen here is that you're going to start to see landlords losing properties. And when that happens, it's not going to be good for anyone. You know, I, I mean, there's got to be, if, if they're going to tax us and ex still expect us to maintain these things to the standard that you and you and you and everybody here would want to live in, there needs to be a grant or some way that we can afford to maintain these and, and, and keep the, the sense of peace going kind of between all of us. But it's hard to have the cake and eat it, too, essentially. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Um, thank you for your time, uh, Councilman Councilwoman. My name is Justin Mann. Uh, I'm also an owner of multifamily properties, commercial multifamily properties here in Woonsocket. Um, but I also wear another hat. I'm a property manager for third parties. So these are people that also own multifamilies in this uh, fine city. And the tenant's testimony, the, the evidence that she gave, really echoes what we hear every single day. We manage um, somewhere on the neighborhood of about 1,600 apartments and homes across the state. We talk to a lot of tenants, and a lot of them are in this state. And I can tell you, everybody is feeling the squeeze. Um, down to the person that was living paycheck to paycheck, they can't afford to do that anymore. Rent relief has now run out. And we are seeing a massive number of tenants that we're working with already without any additional increases to try to put on rental payment plans, to try to work with, to keep in place. And that's before we do any rental increases. Uh, but as my business partner 
Shane just spoke to you about, um, it, it is a balance. There has to be a give and take. We want to maintain these standards for these properties. We want to have these tenants have conditions that we would live in, that we'd be proud to show off, that we would be comfortable having your my mother, my father, my brother, anybody else live in. And on top of that, try to keep affordable housing, or let's put emphasis on the word affordable in housing. Uh, but with these property taxes and the impact that it's going to have, it's impossible to not have a trickle-down effect on the people that are most vulnerable to it. And even if it's a $75 increase, as somebody said in a prior uh, discussion here, and only a third of that is passed along, I can tell you a $25 increase actually makes an impact on these tenants' lives. That actually means something. So even if the landlord absorbs two-thirds of that increase and only passes along a third, that may just be enough to tip the scale for that particular tenant and now we have a displacement and now we have an empty apartment and now we have you know somebody else that has to go look for an apartment that doesn't even have money to move but is being forced to move by these policies I understand money is needed to run the city we understand that you know everything excuse me costs money uh, but inflation is a real thing 9.1 CPI is stated 15% is probably more what it's really like and that's what at the end of the day these folks are feeling when they look at their savings account she says she has no money we hear that every single day and I would just implore you to take a look at this and see if there's any common ground that we can find uh, that will allow some balance in this so that landlords can continue to do what they're doing which is a pro provide affordable housing that is kept up clean and in conditions that they should be in and tenants can remain in place thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming out tonight. Um, my name is Laurie Dickerson and I live at 181 Progresso Ave and I'm also a tenant. Um, I'm just here to say that my landlord called us and he told us that his, um, his taxes went up by $5,000. And when I did the math, that's $78 a month for every apartment in our building. Some people are living paycheck to paycheck. People are going to end up being homeless. I mean, so I, I also looked up like different businesses in the city to see what their taxes went up, and most of them went down. The businesses, Dunkin' Donuts, Taco Bell, Burger King, their taxes went down. <laughs> but people who actually have to live in this city, taxes went up. So I mean, my landlord might not live in the city, but the people who live in that building are going to pay them taxes. You know what I'm saying? We hear you. I mean, so. We, we do. That's all. Thank you. Hi, my name is Joe LaForge. I live in Pasco um, and manage a number of properties in the city. I'll keep it short, but it seems like, you know, the revaluation changed a lot of um, numbers. And also, I, it seems like there was a big shift in the tax levy between asset classes. Um, when they changed the commercial and residential rates, they were both changed like 0 0.11, 0 0.11 or something, uh, but was not proportional. So I think it probably the certification is not published now, but you'll find that the, the taxes were shifted by asset class and certainly by property. Certain properties were cut or many properties were cut and then many had major increases. So I think some kind of review of properties or asset levies that was over plus or minus 20% would be a reasonable 
solution. I don't know if that's something that can be done this year, but I'd just stress that, you know, some some level of stability in the tax in the tax rates would be good. And some review of that. And that's all I have to say. Okay. Thank you well thank you. Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Dwayne Boucher. I reside in Cumberland. Uh, however, I own and operate the Remax Real Estate Brokerage here in the city, and I also own a few rental properties here in the city as well. Uh, I am here this evening to express my outrage over this year's dramatic property tax increase. I fully understand the tax revaluation process, and I expect the overall tax burden to rise modestly from year to year after the new values are assessed and the new tax rate is established to determine the total tax <clears throat> levy. I also understand that the shifting uh, burden of value affects different property classes in different ways. However, I own various property types and I'm seeing dramatic increases across all classes. When I received and saw my tax bill for a five-family apartment house and it rose by 50%, I was told by several people, yeah, multifamilies got hit really hard, but single families went down. Well, how is it then that the tax bill on the single family that I own went up by 16%? I was then told, well, some singles did go up, but generally speaking, condos went down. Well, I own a couple of condos as well. One went up by 19%. And the other went up by 21%. I've actually spoken with numerous people who have told me that their tax bills have actually doubled this year, a true 100% increase. I've always prided myself on providing clean and safe housing, and I have many long-term tenants because I strive to keep rents stable but I won't be able to absorb all of these dramatic increases and I will have to raise rents to cover them. Many of these people are living on fixed incomes. I actually spoke with one of my tenants today who was on the verge of tears. She told me that if I pass this increase along to her by way of a rent increase, that she will be unable to afford the medicine that her daughter needs to treat her muscular dystrophy. It's just sad. These tax increases, they're just not normal. 20, 30, 40, 50, 100% increases? Something is definitely wrong here. And I will file the appeal paperwork for my properties, but I do think it's important for you to know how unusually substantial this across-the-board increase is and how hard it is about to hit so many of the city's residents. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, Estelle Bubble, 648 Third Avenue. I can remember a gentleman coming up to the podium and explaining to you about the trash bill that it, we used to get them as a you know a bill in the mail, and then somehow it went into our house taxes. Well, some of them that own our condos and stuff, well, they don't get the city trash. So they're getting their trash, they're paying for their trash bill twice. This is something I'm asking you, the council, to look into. Because this has been going on since um, we didn't get the, the bills anymore. 
Now on another thing, yes, I have a neighbor, she's elderly, and she's saying that she can't afford anymore. It's either she's going to eat or she's going to have to pay for her medication. I mean, she's lived there. She was born in that house. I mean, this, I mean it's getting really bad. Um, we go over there, we shovel for the winter, we cut her grass, you know, my daughters and I, just to help her. But it, it's getting to, I mean, something's got to get done. I mean, you know, we, we don't want any more homeless. Now, you've got affordable housing. So why don't you lower the tax rates for, for all so that we can rent our property at a decent price? And then you wouldn't have to go build all these affordable housings. You know, it, it would even out because this is what's happening. People are like, I've had enough and I'm leaving. I had a neighbor that bought a house. He was there for a year. And then when the, and all that, when the taxes, he goes, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm out of here. He says, I can't take it anymore. He said, I just had a baby. I can't afford it. He says, it's either work, 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 or spend time with my, do with my daughter, or, you know, and now he's losing the home life. You know, we're, we're asking you, please listen to all of us. We took time to be out here, and we're, you know, putting it in your hands. Something has to get done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, my name is Corey Johnson. I, I came in off the bucket van early today uh, for this meeting. Uh, I'm also uh, the general manager of Woonsocket Internet, where we're working to build a new and better broadband network for the city. And I'm also the general manager of Woonsocket Waste Management, uh, a locally operated waste management company. Uh, in addition to that, I manage uh, a few properties in the city of Woonsocket. And um, the, the property tax adjustments are a complicated thing. Uh, they raise the rates by many, um, by quite a bit. And they lowered the rates for some by quite a few, uh, for quite a few. And in talking about how does the city do something about this beyond just hearing what residents have to say? Uh, I couldn't answer for myself what the solution is. Uh, the city is late in getting the tax bills out. Um, it appears to me it was clearly rushed. Um, there probably wasn't enough governance and oversight over the calculation of mill rate adjustments. And um, you know, that's largely behind us now. What what I ask myself is, you know, in the statistics, what does this do to the city of Woonsocket? Uh, roughly half of the households in the city uh, are renters. So this adjustment affects uh, half the citywide population. Uh, Seventy percent of American households have no savings rate. Uh, Half of all households in the U.S. would have to go into debt if they incurred an unexpected expense of $400 or more. Uh, the displacement uh, that uh, I expect is coming citywide uh, as a result of the property tax increases um, 
is meaningful to the city. And I would encourage you guys to look at um, how to set up a better governance process around uh, critical issues in the city, including housing, uh, because this piece was obviously missed. Uh, that said, I believe in Woonsocket. We continue to create jobs and hire in the city, and we're going to continue to do this uh, regardless of what the changes are uh, in the property taxes. Thank you. Thank you. Chris Beauchamp, 37 Meadow Road, Woonsocket, Taxpayer City. Um, I'm going to echo a little bit what this last gentleman said. I'm very proud to live in the city of Woonsocket for the last 63 years, all of my life. Um, I offer another counterpoint to Mr. Harrison, who earlier said that Woonsocket is an abomination. I take great umbrage with that. We do have problems. We do have housing problems. We do have many problems. But as a former councilman that was here when we shut off streetlights, when we couldn't plow roads, when we couldn't pave roads, we didn't have any nice parks, we've come a long way. And that was from 2007 to 2018 when I was on this council. So this city has come a long way. We still have a ways to go. And if Mr. Harrison is a right-hand candidate for mayor, I congratulate you. But there was a time period in June where you could have declared and took out the papers like I did and many other people. That was the time to get involved. But you're doing it in another way, and I congratulate you. I would love to sit down and talk to you and offer you a different perspective coming from somebody that's lived here all his life. Because this city has a lot to offer. We have a lot of great people here. We have a lot of hardworking people. And as a taxpayer, I know how difficult it is. And I have a great job, and I work hard, and I make a lot of money. But I struggle at times. So I know all these people up here that came up earlier and stated that they may not be able to afford to live where they are currently if their uh, rents go up. So there are serious, still serious problems in this city, just like in any other city and town in Rhode Island. We have a housing crisis statewide and nationally. We all know that. So it's going to take a collective effort from everybody in this room, everybody at that table in front of me, to fix that. But to call the city names, I don't think helps, especially if you're looking to get involved. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to address the city council? How are you doing? My name is Bill Garibo. I live at uh, 19 Capri Drive in Johnston, Rhode Island. Sir, and, can you uh, repeat your last name? Garibo, G-E-R-I-B-O. I own a few multifamilies up here, and um, it's always been a long, a long tradition for me um, to try to keep rents reasonable for tenants that have been with me for a long time. And we get the tax bills, and uh, that's a policy that we're going to end uh, effective immediately. And, um, you know, that has real consequences, as, as people have said. Uh, I own 836 Social Street. If you guys are familiar with that area, um, that's not the Trump Taj Mahal over there. There's no parking. And um, it's a four-unit. 
taxes went from 5,400 to just under 10,000. Um, it's pretty insane. Um, I can't evenly give out tax increases because we have a couple of newer tenants in the building. So those increases are going to fall on two families. Um, one of them, uh, his name's Hector. Hector's uh, approximately 35. He's a pretty buff guy, um, bravado type of guy. Uh, he's got three kids, single dad. And I was talking to Hector. I asked him, what are you going to do? Hector says, I'm going to give up my three kids to another family member that lives, that has mental health issues. I'm going to stay in my car. just want you guys to know that. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing? My name is Kyle Kutcher. I uh, own a multifamily on South Main Street here in Woonsocket. Um, I've had the property now about four going on five years this April, so just about four and a half. Um, when I bought the property, my taxes were $4,800. My new bill that just came in is at 10.5. So even from last year, last year I was up to 7,500. Now I'm at 10.5. So a $3,000 increase in the cost of a year. I've got long-term tenants. This is one of mine. He's come out to support me today. Um, I try to keep the property like most of the people here in the city. We try to keep it where it's a place you'd want to live. It's a place you want to call home. Um, there's been several instances. Um, Again, this is one of my better tenants. He's always on time with the rent. He asked me for things, and he knows that he can get it from me. Um, going forward, it's it's a question. Um, again, I've got people that are on fixed incomes. I've had people that have had the rent relief program, and those are all running out. And, you know, they've told me. Oh, I finally felt like I was getting caught up. So now, if I divide that across my four for my increase this year alone, that's $62.50 a piece per month, per tenant. And like everyone here has said, that's a heck of an increase for that, that those demographics, you know? Um, same thing, the tenants will tell you, their, their wages haven't gone up any. Um, as, far as, as far as the taxes itself, now, not only do I own that house, but I also reside in Woonsocket in a single family. That single family this year, and again, uh, I believe Dwayne was talking about it that, you know, some people have said, oh, my single family's gone up or mine's gone down or there's no rhyme or reason as to what actually was allocated to each individual asset as far as what their tax bracket or what their increase or what their decrease was going to be. It seems like it's it's null and void. There's no chart to go off of uh, that single family went down eighteen hundred dollars. So. I don't understand how we can charge all of these commercial properties more. These commercial properties are the ones that are allowing this city to thrive. We house 90% of what I would say would be the workforce in this city as far as all the, all the, all the jobs that need to be done, whether it's, yeah, I mean, we rent to city workers, we rent to all of the businesses here in the city. So to take it out on the commercial properties, in my eyes, doesn't make sense. If we've got to pass that on to our tenants, unfortunately, the way you demographic is your tenants are typically your low income individuals for the city. So if we have to pass that on to them in order to be able to pay our bills, all we're doing is hurting the community as a whole. 
So I really hope that you all consider this going forward and that we we need to do something and look into this and see why some properties went up almost mm. 100% on taxes in one year. That That to me is absolutely asinine and unheard of. So I don't know what the solution is. Again, that other gentleman was talking about that, you know, he feels as though if we got to get a committee together or something, there is no actual answer right now, but something needs to be done because we're literally on the path right now to imploding the city. You're going to have people displaced all over. There's going to there's already a workforce of people that don't want to work and everybody is understaffed and hurting right now. So if we start making people homeless and they don't have anywhere to go and they can't stay in the city, they can't stay at their jobs, this is going to have the ripple effect like you've never seen before. I know everybody talks about the Great Depression and everything else, but we're, we're on our path to self-imploding right now is the way that I feel. So I don't know what the actual solution is, but I really hope that we do something going forward because it's not going to be pretty for everybody. Even the business owners, all these property owners that are here, you've got tenants that are showing their faces here because they're all scared. I mean, uh, I know that I have multiple tenants with children and everything else. So what do you tell your kids when you can't afford rent because the landlord had to do it? Well, I don't want to look like the bad guy. So am I supposed to eat it? Or am I supposed to say, well, sorry, that's the rent increase because I got to pay my bills. And then if you can't afford it, well, sorry, you and your kids are out on the street. That breaks my heart. I would never do that to somebody. But at the same point, I can't continue to take a loss. I've already haven't increased rents in the four years that I've been there. Everything's been set. So I've been taking the tax increases as we go. And now I'm up 43% in a year. At what point do I say enough's enough? So again, Thank you. I appreciate everybody coming out tonight. It really does show the support of the city. And I hope everybody has something to say and something to do about this because the only way we're going to get it done is if we come together. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you. very much. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight. It did not fall on deaf ears. Moving on to the consent agenda. <clears throat> Motion to approve Motion. as uh, presented. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. However, I'd like to take out uh, the staffing report. Uh, so we have a motion to t receive the consent agenda, less the staffing report. Um, motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilman Gillette. Uh, any other items to be taken up separately? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And the consent agenda is received as presented with the exception of the staffing report. On the staffing report, Madam Clerk. 22 CO sub 22 CO 7-0. Make a motion to uh, receive for discussion. A motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman mm -hmm. Gonzalez and Councilman Gillette. Comments? Councilman Knoyer. Yeah. Uh, two questions. Uh, Director Gillette, the staffing report indicates that we have 100... Jim, just bring the mic. The staffing report indicates that we have 101... Uh, members of the police department fully staffed. Is that correct? No. No. So where do we have? Somewhere around 80-something? Yes. Okay. So, Chris, can we get that looked at going forward? Because it, it, it's misleading. Okay. Second question is, you heard a lot about taxes. 
Um, I heard we had a we finally hired a tax assessor last week, but then I heard the individual left. So do we have a tax assessor or not? Um, she was here for almost two weeks, but then went back to her old job. So we don't have a tax assessor is the answer? Today we do not have a okay. tax assessor. Thank you. We'll talk more about that later. On 22CO70, any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed, the ayes have it, and 22CO70 is received 6 to 0. Presentations of petitions, memorials. Minutes, oh. Minutes, minutes, minutes. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Um, approval and correction of the minutes of the regular meeting held August 15th and a special meeting held August 29th, 2022. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Susi. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez and Councilwoman Sierra. Council Are there any items to. Ch uh, yeah, Councilman Kanoya. Council President, I have a change. Um, for Madam Clerk on August 15th uh, meeting. If you go to item number seven for the consent agenda, there's a vote that says pass two to nothing. I believe it was unanimous. That was uh, to accept two items out of, uh, out, of the, out of the total, similar to what we just did now. So it just needs to reflect. Okay. You bet. Thank you, that's it. Any other changes or corrections? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And the minutes of the regular meeting held August 15th and a special meeting held August 29th are approved 6 to 0. Now moving on to presentations of petitions, memorials, and remonstrances. 22P32, a request of Public Works Director to address the City Council regarding the wastewater treatment facility and sludge disposal. Director D'Agostino. Good evening. Good evening. So just a, a brief update on our wastewater facility uh, and, uh, and sludge disposal situation. So I just want to um, assure the council that uh, since the um, non-compliance we had over the summer, June, our wastewater facility is, is running quite well. And the, uh, the effluent that uh, is going into the river is quality, and uh, you know it's 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 really performing at a high level. Um, the sludge disposal, not so much. We're not there yet, and uh, there still needs to be several um, areas of that operation that need to be looked at. And uh, one of the things I've been contemplating. Um, because I, I've kind of lost confidence in the whole operation, quite frankly. They're very, um, they're very much different operations. What is, what is different? The sludge disposal, the Cinegro. Compared versus, with? Versus our wastewater facility. Okay, that's Two what I thought you meant. entities. Yep. Okay, and... Um, Two separate contracts, correct, Steve? Correct. Yep. Just yep. With different companies and everything? Entirely. Okay. One we pay... Jacobs yes. to run our wastewater facility. The other one we receive funds from, Cinegro, because they dispose sludge, and which they need our plant to do, right? They mm -hmm. dewater sludge, and you know the quality of that dewatering affects our facility greatly. So um, what I'm going to be proposing 
um, to the council, and I've discussed this with the mayor, is um, we need a layer of oversight there that protects us, the city, okay? And what do I mean by that? We need, we need samples taken on a daily basis of the material that comes into the, you know, the sludge facility, Cinegro. We need we need to uh, monitor the quality of the uh, the uh, dewatering that they send back to our plant to make sure that it's it's not upsetting our plant. To to this point, you know, before this upset, we kind of just you know we took things for granted because things were going along, things were running okay. But as of late, as I said, I've I've lost um, confidence in the operation. So what I'm going to propose is like a full-time person to just monitor the material that comes in, monitor samples that go into our wastewater facility, just basically oversee the entire operation, the, the odor situation, which leaves something to be desired. Um, that's, a, that's an ongoing situation in itself, and it can be done a lot better. But as I said, to this point, these entities basically just do their own thing, and we rely on them to do it correctly. Well, I'm not relying on them any, any longer, okay? So I'm gonna propose something soon to kind of monitor that whole operation. Uh, and I think it'll, it'll help greatly with odors in, the, in that area. Um, I think it'll It'll probably eliminate an upset again, okay, unless there's something catastrophic, a pipe breaks or whatever. But it won't be because of lack of oversight, okay? So, uh, because they're running at, you know, they're running more efficiently because of the oversight that we put on them recently. That's why. So, to be quite frank. Director, if I could request, when you get that plan together and you have it, laid out um, the way that you anticipate it working, if we could have a work session um, for an explanation for the council so that when it shows up on an agenda, we'll know um, exactly what you're proposing and um, we can have a better understanding of what the funds would be and... Right. Thank you. Yeah, the, fun, the funds will come from wastewater, mm -hmm. okay, the enterprise fund. And the individual would, would be just in, involved in just, as I say, testing okay and monitoring the operations of both facilities Cinegro and our wastewater system okay and i think the data would that we collect is would be in, is going to be invaluable in the future and we'll, we can explain that in closed session as well Perfect. i recently also met with um dem uh in regards to um accepting sludge here in the city and uh, the answer that I like, uh, that I received, I did not like, okay? And I told them when our facility experienced this um, upset and noncompliance, I requested that all sludge stop entering the city. And I was told, well, that can't happen because you're responsible for most of the, you know, northeastern seaboard. <clears throat> so I said, so what is the plan? If one of these plants, you know, goes down for some reason, what's the plan? And they said, we're sorry to say, but there is no plan. You are 
you know, the main operation. And I said, well, where's the incineration plant in Massachusetts? And they said, there is none. Cumberland Hill Road. Yeah. I said, where is it in Connecticut? And they said, there's one, but it's not as big as the plant in your city. So I said, basically, we're responsible for Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. That's what you're saying. He said, yeah. I said, well, that's not a, that's not a very good scenario, okay? It doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy feeling. And, you know, so that's the discussion we had, and I just put them on notice that, you know, I'm not happy here. We're not happy here in the city with what's going on currently with the facility. And things need to change. Thank you. So. Director, just to follow up a little bit further. So with a broader understanding, <clears throat> we have two contracts, one with Cinegro, who, as you said, brings sludge into the city from elsewhere to be processed here in Woonsocket. In addition to that, we have Jacobs. We have a contract with them, and they've run the plant. And for many years, we've effectively outsourced the the management and the oversight of the plant, mm -hmm. and they're supposed to also manage the Cinegro contract. Mm -hmm. um, and frankly, you know, we've had many good years where it's been fine. So I'm not sitting up here pointing fingers by any means. Right. Um, but we've had some challenges, and we can discuss that in closed session for obvious reasons. But I think what you're suggesting, I just want to be clear, make sure I'm, I'm understanding it, is again, we've outsourced to Jacobs, and, um, and this is not a, uh, any judgments on them, but I think what you're suggesting is you, you add another staff member that works directly for you, not for a third party. So it'll be a city employee that works directly for you that will be on site and can partner with Jacobs, but is specifically accountable to you. Is that, that my understanding? 100%. Yeah. So I, I will tell you that just broadly and, and obviously subject to the details when you come to us, I, I'm, I'm supportive of that um, because I believe in what you just said. Oversight makes a difference. Um, and we've seen it elsewhere. So thank you. You're welcome. All set, Director? Yes. Thank you. 22P33, request of Detective David B. Wall et al. to address the City Council regarding NEPBA Local 808 contract. Good evening, Council. Good evening. Public Safety Director. I was also wishing to uh, direct to the Mayor, but she's not here. Um, my name is Detective David Wall, and I'm here tonight representing the men and women of the Woonsocket Police Department as president of NEPBA Local 808. For some background to those listening, after negotiating for some time with the mayor and not reaching an agreement, the city council became involved and made a proposal to the union. This agreement was ratified by the majority of the union members. Since that time, there has been a dispute between the mayor and the council as to which branch has the authority to bargain and conclude a contract. This has resulted in the terms of the contract not being implemented. I am here this evening because this is the best forum that the union has to publicly explain our position. The members of the police department have been working the last several years throughout the challenges of the pandemic and rising inflation that all families have had to endure without a contract in place. We have felt the extreme uncertainty that most have felt during this time, while also not having the same choice or ability as first responders to protect our health and that of our families. 
It was under these circumstances that the union entered into the contract in good faith and in reliance upon the opinion of the city solicitor, who represents both the council and the mayor. The benefits of the contract that it allows the administration, the council, and the members of the police department to plan the future based on the reliance of known factors. This benefits city residents by allowing better financial planning by the mayor and the council, and by allowing the police department to recruit and retain the best possible police officers. It is the position of the union that the terms of the contract should be implemented immediately and that while the resolution of the legal dispute between the mayor and the council may be relied upon for future contracts, it is irrelevant to the contract that has already been executed. I'm going to have Deb Batista from our national speak to you. Good evening. Can you adjust the microphone, please? I shall. Thank you. Good evening, President Gendron, members of the council, and Director Gillette. Uh, my name is Deborah Batista. I'm an executive vice president for New England Police Benevolent Association. I'm also the union representative for the Woonsocket uh, Police Department, Local 808. I'm here tonight. Uh, we were hoping to have an amicable uh, solution. <laughs> to the contract uh, issue. It was, in fact, ratified and signed on August 15th. Uh, the decision uh, from even your legal counsel, your city solicitor, was that it was a legal and binding contract. And yet the men and women of the Woonsocket Police Department still have not seen their pay increase. In fact, they haven't had a pay increase since 2019, which was the last contract that they had. Letters have been sent, uh, hoping that this would be resolved, again, amicably and without any additional cost on either side, the union side nor on the city side. Uh, we have stated that we would take any, any means uh, legally available to us. We are, in fact, uh, we have filed two grievances. Those are currently uh, at the step one side. They will have to move through the, the uh, process in the CBA, in the Collective Bargaining Agreement. However, we're also looking at uh, potentially maybe a, a wage garnishment issue uh, towards the city of Woonsocket because technically you have held up their wages. They have a legally signed agreement between the city and the union, and yet they have not received their wages. You can't hold somebody's wages. So I'm just here today to ask that maybe uh, somebody someplace can move this along so that the men and women who have shown up every day uh, to do their job, to, to do what's right, are recognized for what they do. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, and I, I just want to um, be clear. I want to thank you and uh, the other members of the police department that are here this evening. Um, and I, I just want to clarify one small issue or one small point, and it was when Detective Wall said that this is something between the city council and the mayor. There is nothing that should involve you people in a legally binding contract. Um, nothing should be held up. And there is nothing that's between the mayor and the city council that's holding it up. 
The city council has acted to be sure that you had a viable contract. It was passed unanimously, seven to zero. The mayor's veto of that contract ordinance was overridden, seven to zero, unanimously. Um, the city council passed a legally binding contract. I signed a legally binding contract that was authorized by seven members of the city council in both a resolution and an ordinance. There is nothing that the city council is doing to hold this up. I don't believe that's what he meant by that. No, no, no. I, and I, just, <laughs> I know he didn't. I want to make sure that people don't misunderstand. Um, we want you to get your pay. And you should have already received it for two previous pay cycles. Let's hope it comes in the third pay cycle. We would hope, sir. Yes. I, I thank you. And I it, thank and, you for your time. And to Detective Wall, I was not saying you said anything wrong. I just needed to clarify. Thank I don't want sir. it to look like we're having an argument and you guys are the, <laughs> are the, the recipient of the fallout. That's not the case. I thank you, sir. Have thank a nice you. evening, everybody. Council President. Councilman Knoyer. Um, I'm just going to further clarify, if you don't mind, uh, for the public, not for these folks. I think they know what the story is. But our city charter is very clear and explicit. The city solicitor shall decide all questions and controversies related to the legal construction of any and all laws and ordinances affecting the city as well as the city charter and the divisions of powers and duties created or implied therein. So it's the city solicitor's job to make these determination uh, about these, these matters, not the mayor's. That's the first thing. The mayor's duties for the charter include to see that all terms and conditions impose a favor of the city and any contract or franchise are faithfully kept and performed. So again, the city solicitor, not the mayor, is the one who makes the decision as to whether or not something is legal and binding. So here's what the mayor received from the solicitor uh, earlier this month in response to the union sending in, uh, uh, their attorney, Mr. Antonuccio, sending a note about the fact that their members have not been paid uh, despite a contract that was executed on August 15th. And this is from the solicitor who's not here this evening. Hi, Steve. That's Mr. Uh, Mr. Antonuccio. I'm in receipt of your letters dated August 30th and September 6th and understand your position. Please be advised that I have already ruled and determined, again, it's his job, Parachata. I've already ruled and determined that the CBAs are legally binding and enforceable. I've communicated this opinion weeks ago to the mayor and the finance department, but have yet to be advised of any payments. Okay? Several weeks prior to that, a message from the solicitor to a member of the finance department with copies to the mayor. As I have previously ruled and notified you, the police contract is valid and must be enforced. Accordingly, please make sure the police contract is incorporated into this week's payroll. Okay? So the mayor has been advised numerous times by the city solicitor. It's the solicitor, not the mayor, the solicitor, the guy or the individual with the law degree and the law license and the authority pursuant to our charter. So I'm going to ask the finance crowd here, why have they not been paid? Director? 
No, no, I'm asking the finance department that does payroll, uh, director, no, no offense. Why hasn't the payroll been processed? Um, I haven't been involved in that decision. I can't speak to specifically why. Well, who is in the finance department? Who handles payroll in the finance department? The deputy director. Deputy director. Why have they not been paid? With all due respect. Considering this is one of the items for the impeachment hearing, I prefer to reserve till we fair enough. The hearing. Fair enough. I'll give you. I'll grant you that. Thanks, uh, Cindy. Okay. So, I'll just I'll just conclude with this. We've seen this nonsense before. This is a headline from 2016 from a local paper. When Socket Mayor ignores council moves forward with higher levy. It's an unprecedented decision and it's going to cost residents extra dollars on their 2016 tax bills. Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt has moved forward with a version of the city budget that was not approved by the Woonsocket's governing body, the city council. As a result, the city will see a 2.99% increase to the tax levy rather than the 1.94% increase voted on and reaffirmed by councilors as part of the budget process. We've seen this nonsense before, and I'm sorry that you folks are stuck in the middle of it. Um, I think it's going to come to a head very soon. But again, it is the solicitor, not the mayor, not Councilman Kenoyer, not Councilman Susie or anybody else up here that makes this determination, and he has made the determination numerous times. So you folks need to do what you need to do, and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure it's going to cost the city more money in terms of legal fees and other nonsense, all of which is avoidable. Instead of just saying, thanks for getting this done so we can put this on the shelf and we can move on to the other 50 items that are facing the city and its taxpayers, we have this nonsense, and I apologize for it. Thank you. This council in the city of Woonsocket, take this as a formal apology. Please stay with us. Keep your... Uh, you guys motivated, please. Moving on, Council, uh, Madam Clerk. 22P34, a request of Mayor Bordelli Hunt to address the City Council regarding the following items. One, the acquisition of the All Saints property. So the Mayor is not here tonight, um, so we will have to um, withdraw this request unless she plans on... She's not in the building, is she, Steve? Or Director or any... Okay, so we'll just hold this item. She can put it on the agenda for next the next meeting if she's going to be here. Council President. Um, Councilman Kenoya. I'd like to make a motion to add the following items to the agenda for discussion purposes pursuant to Rhode Island General Law 4246-6B. Uh, tax bills, 162 Main Street, 148 Hamlet Ave, and 80 River Street in the Woonsocket Warriors, and I will be brief. Motion made by Councilman Kenoya. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez to add to the agenda for discussion purposes only. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. Councilman Kenoya. Okay, tax bills. Uh, we heard an earful tonight, um, as, we, as we should have. Um, so a couple things I just want to highlight. The city council, or the city I should say, had a levy of $54.1 million dollars in fiscal year 2022. We collected $54.1 million from all the taxpayers across all, all classes. 
<clears throat> this year, the mayor submitted a budget request with just $86,000 increase. So it was almost, it was $56.2 million. The city council received that budget request and we increased the levy by $489,000, bringing the total increase in the levy from 54.1 to 54.7, a 1% increase. So we increased the total levy by just 1%, and as you heard this evening, inflation is running at anywhere from 9 to 15%. So the amount that we're collecting overall only went up 1%. Well, the problem is, as was made clear in spades, is that the allocation of that $54 million in, uh, levy, the way it got allocated, is, has been disproportionate. And in the mayor's budget message, she provided a six-page message in her budget book. You can look at it. Some of the things that were stated, it were um, the median single-family home for one socket for fiscal year 2023 is now assessed at 275000 up from last year's 174. Okay? Higher property values are a good thing for Woonsocket residents. They represent an increase in the homeowner's net worth that can be realized either upon sale or refinancing. On average, single-family residential taxpayers will see a $227 reduction in their property tax. If you go through this, there's no discussion about the commercial taxpayers or the commercial, uh, the residential that get hit with commercial. It's all about the single families, etc. But it implied that the increase in the median home of a single family was up significantly, but that's why the, re the, the levy, the rate was down. And that all made sense at a high level. Um, so I looked at a few and we heard some here this evening. So a median single family, now that the tax bills are out, we did not have the tax bills, we did not have the benefit of having the data prior to um, the passage of the budget. But the, a median single residential uh, property was 174500 last year. That was the assessment. And if they got the homestead exemption, they paid $3,100 in taxes, 3108 This year, that 174500 increased to 275700 Okay? Had a 58% increase. But their taxes went down to 2890 uh, So that single family, the median, that's just in the median, there's going to be ups and downs above and below it. But the median single family dropped by $217. Now I'll look at a two-family on um, prospect. It was assessed at 202000 last year. It almost doubled to 398000 And the taxes... Last year were 4,797. It went to 5,564. That's a 16% increase. So the single families, and I'm a single family, by the way, and I benefited from this by $134. Single family went down $217, but the multifamily, the two-family, went up $766. But with the real issue is, is in the multifamilies of four and above, the two families got hit hard. Don't get me wrong. This, I, everything I've looked at is 700, $700, $600 increases on the two families. 
versus you know anywhere from 150 to 250 decrease for the singles. But the real issue is on the commercial side because four units and above pay the commercial rate versus the residential rate. And I'll give you an example. A four family on Duluth Ave last year was assessed at 162,000. It's now assessed at 387,000, almost two and a half times it, it, the assessment increased. And their tax bill went from 5,632 to 10,062, to over $10,000. Now, I want to make something really, really clear because I heard a lot of misinformation and noise, and it's an election year, and this is what happens. That tax bill went from 5,632 up to 10,062 for a four family that's going to crush their tenants. The change in the rate from the council, when this council made an amendment and added $489,000 to the levy, which was less than 1%, that accounts for $73 for the whole year. So that, they had an increase of $4,429. Their taxes increased $4,429, and the piece associated with the increase that this, ta uh, this council increased the levy by is only $73 for the entire year. So the issue is not because the council increased the levy by $489,000. It's because the commercial rates weren't properly adjusted, and there wasn't a, an analysis done. Um, and I, I think you've heard we've had missing tax assessors and so forth. So I'm going to ask you, Chris, Director, I would like a copy of the data from Vision. I want a complete download of the data that shows every property by class, their current assessed value, their new assessed value, and their prior assessed value. So that we can, I, certainly I can analyze it myself since we, we didn't have that data made available to us. And frankly, this was quite frankly misleading the way the the way the uh, the message was delivered, um, and you heard also that on the commercial side you heard a lot of businesses didn't get tax increases on the commercial side, and again what I think is happening is I think that's true by the way in the limited data I've been able to look at businesses actual real businesses they've stayed relatively flat, so when you look at the commercial levy that went up. I think it's all concentrated in these multifamilies, uh, and they're just getting clobbered. And so I want—I'll send you an email with the data, requesting the data, and I don't want to wait ten days and ten weeks and all that. I want it quickly, and I want to look yeah. at it. And frankly, I'm not sure what we do about it at the moment, but um, I want to just acknowledge what we heard here tonight. There's definitely a disproportionate allocation. Uh, the rates should have been tinkered with. Uh, number one and number two. Um, yeah, the amendment that we did up here, I'm looking at it again, it was a $4,429 tax increase from 5600 to over 10000 Of that $4,400, $73 related to what the city council did in, ter in terms of uh, 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 increasing the levy. Um, the property, the two-family on Prospect Street had a $766 increase uh, for the entire year, which was 16% just $71 for the entire year related to what happened up here at the, uh, the city council. So again, we collectively, the city, increased the levy by just 1%. And what you, what you see happening is, sounds like a lot of businesses didn't see any change. Single family saw a drop, and it got shoved to the multifamilies. Um, and perhaps people, well, I'll leave it at that.
So that's that. And then just briefly, uh, Director DeBroyce, 162 Main Street, any update on that? Again, and I just want to, well, any update on that because the last conversation we had, you made clear that the individuals that previously had shown interest are not interested in buying 162 Main Street. They're out, correct? That's correct. Okay, and have we had any further with the uh, asbestos abatement analysis? Not on 162 Main Street. Okay, how about 148 Hamlet? 148 Hamlet, yes, we started, uh, we signed the contract for the asbestos abatement plan. Okay. The, uh, the inspectors will be in there starting next week. Okay. And is there, the mayor had at one point said there was a nice gentleman that expressed interest. Is there anybody that's looking I'm, to buy that as far as you know? I'm not involved in that part. I'm just trying to get the contract for the asbestos abatement and then decide if we're selling or, or demolishing. Okay. And then 80 River Street, the old Alley's Pub. Don't get me wrong, I love the, uh, the crime scene tape. Can we get a fence in there at some point? Potentially a, just a cedar split rail fence along the riverbank? Well, here's the problem. Uh, I, I'd love to put a fence up there tomorrow, but the uh, the uh, what's what's the the planning board saying about we can't put up a uh... there there are restrictions for fences uh, in the zone that's there. So if we want to put up a fence, I have to look at what's allowed by zone and and why don't we that do that is... then? Why don't we take a look at that because we got we got yellow tape running across here, presumably because we're afraid someone's going to fall off and drown or whatever, and that's going to be a hell of a conversation to say that, well, you know, the zoning board, it wasn't zoned for a fence, so maybe we should check into that and try to get a fence up there. Please. Will do. Thank you, Mike. And I know you're swamped, so okay. I get it. Um, that's it for me for now. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to unfinished business of the previous meetings. 22042, granted a petition for a poll relocation for, for Verizon on Vernon Street. Motion approved. Second. Motion made by Councilman Susi, seconded by Councilman Kanoya. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes, and 22042 is approved 5 to 0. <coughs> 22044, authorization to sell the property located at 419 North Main Street, also known as Plat 20, Lot 129, Winsaka, Rhode Island. Motion passed. Motion made by Councilman Gillette, seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Knoyer? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 22044 is approved, second passage, 6 to 0. Moving on to new business. 22046, granting a petition for a new joint poll for National Grid and Verizon on East Mill Street. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra, seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Jandron? Yes, and 22046 is approved, 6 to 0, first passage. 22047, granting a petition for Cox Communications for underground installation of fiber optic cable for Federal Street in the right of way. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra. Okay. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments? Hearing none. Oh, oh. Director? Yes. Steve. 
Are they going to have to cut the street and... Yes. And so what are we going to be left with? Uh, speak into the mic or is it I, too far from? No, I'm speaking into the mic. Oh, here. So is it too far? Um, so when they cut into that and then they repave it, is it, are we going to be, what kind of a, are they going to repave the whole street or just a portion? No, just a portion, just a trench. This is not national grid or whatever. But, you know, it'll, I'll make sure it looks good when it's done. Okay. So you I know. got a question then. What's the, um, help me out, the development on Diamond Hill Road that we put in, or they put in like 28 new houses or whatever? So, uh, uh, spring Sapphire. Yes. You know, I noticed on the road over there, there are a couple at the end of driveways had to be cut out and repaved. Yeah. Did we have to pay for that? No. Did we do the work? So that was, okay. No, not to my knowledge. I, I, okay. I All right. No, that's good. No. Thank you, Steve. Any other comments? Director, sorry. Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. President Jandron? Yes. And 22047 is approved, 6 to 0, first passage. 22048, authorizing invoicing for emergency call ins for the Department of Planning and Development, Division of Building Services. Motion to move. Motion made by Councilman Susie. Second. Seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Director, would you like to explain what this is? Uh, something that I've picked on, uh, picked up on while I've been out down in, the, uh, in planning as the director. On uh, some of the call-ins, as you know, my inspectors are union, so they've got uh, minimum call-in times. So if they get called in for something that's at a at a residence or commercial residential, uh, we're billed at four hours per the union, but that's not billable time back to the property. I find that some of the um, situations that we're being called for um, is clearly the responsibility of of the landlord or the or the tenant that's there. I would not be sending out, a, and I think I wrote it in there, it's at uh, after we find out who the responsible party is. So if it was a power outage by Rhode Island Energy, we're not going to assess uh, a feedback to, uh, to a property. But if we find that it's due diligence, that it was definitely from the property and they've and some of them we've been out there more than once uh, and pro in these situations still not done, then maybe if we invoice them, maybe some of the stuff will start get corrected on its own. Okay. Any other comments from the council? Questions? Director, what would you expect a typical invoicing? What kind of money are we talking if you... I put down the... Uh, I took down our average rate and with our cost of carrying uh, the employee um, plus a little bit extra to carry any administrative cost, $60 an hour. Okay. And that would be just as the union has for... Uh, for our inspectors, if it's a continuation of their day, it's only billed for the time that the inspector's out there. But if it's a call in from the time that we leave at 4.30 to the time the inspectors come back in at 8, then it's a minimum four hours. Okay. Any other comments? I have one amendment. Uh, Councilman Kenoya has an amendment. So I'd like to just propose, um, like what it says, um, should the Division of Building Inspection respond to an emergency, it is determined to be the responsibility of the business, property management, or owner, and or tenants, then the division will process an invoice. I just want to change from the division to the finance department, because frankly, you guys shouldn't be processing invoices. You uh, can certainly give the finance department the information, but 
I don't think you, I don't think the, the the planning department should be sending out bills. That's the finance department. Can I you was, agree, Chris. That's a better idea, so we yeah. can track payment yeah. and what's owed. I was just mimicking something I had done previously for DPW. So fair enough. Whatever way, I don't want to burden the finance department with the additional duties. Understood. So the director likes it better. That's fine. That's, that's <laughs> great that she said that. Yeah. No, just to just to keep track. The so guys, motion made so by I'm making a motion to change the word in uh, on the first page from the division to the finance department, and the same thing on uh, the second page. It's got the same language, and again, change it from the division to the finance department in terms of processing and preparing and billing. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments on the amendment? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Knoyer. Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez. Yes. Councilman Gillette. Yes. Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. President Gender. Yes, and 22048 is amended 6 to 0. On the main motion as amended, comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 22048 is approved as amended, 6 to 0, first passage. 22049, an ordinance setting forth procedures associated with the tax sales and assignment of tax titles. Motion approved. Motion Jim. made by Councilman Kanoya? Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? So this is a, an ordinance that um, Council Vice President Ward had uh, spoke, spoken to me about, and he may have spoken to others. I see four names on it, ultimately. He probably just didn't get to other folks because I know he was out today. Um, but this is simply establishing some, some, some rules to provide transparency when it comes to tax sales and the, the assignment of uh, tax titles and so forth. Um, and it requires that all properties in arrears, um, without any exception, go up to tax sale uh, because sometimes it's not clear whether or not they all. Maybe they already are, maybe maybe they already are happening that way. Um, but there was some suggestion that there were certain properties that were not included in the tax sale list that uh, perhaps could have been or should have been. So this just codifies it. And then the other one is when we assign when the when the city takes a tax title. Um, before the city goes and sells or assigns that tax title to an individual, uh, it'll get advertised because we've had some instances again where it uh, it appears that um, assignments are made uh, to to individuals and well, it's just not as transparent as it could be. So, I'll, I make a motion to approve this. Council President, can I just Director, address yes. the council? Um, so I welcome guidance and guidelines for the tax sale. I think it's a good idea, and it makes our job easier in finance. Um, but I was thinking maybe we could um, table this so the administration can, you know, have some input, maybe have a work session to discuss it. Um, how about we do this? Since this is an ordinance, why don't we pass it for the first time, and then we can discuss it. If this changes, then we'll... We'll do it that way. That way we're not going to lose time. And we time. can make amendments, and it'll just go back to first passage. Yeah. If You'll we, end up in the same place. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. 
Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Ginger? Yes. And 22049 is approved. First passage, 6 to 0. 22050 in ordinance to designate a budget and use of a portion of the city's allotment of American Rescue Plan Act opera funds. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Jandron? Yes, and 22050 is approved 6 to 0. 22051, Ordinance and Amendment of Chapter 17, entitled Traffic of the Code of Ordinances of the City of Winsocket. Motion to make the motion made by Councilman Susi. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments? Do I have to, do you know what's driving this? So, uh, to put up a four-way stop sign, which I... Olo and Center? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I received a call uh, a few, uh, about a month ago from a concerned resident who's been in that neighborhood for forever. Um, and uh, there was a recent accident there. I uh, took it upon myself to, uh, obviously it was my job, but uh, to look at it. And I, I just think it's a calming, um, traffic calming uh, situation there, a slow cars coming down that uh, steep hill. Um, hopefully you'll uh, understand that and pass it. Okay, thank you. I just wanna say I am adamantly opposed to four-way stop signs, but I did go ride through this intersection, and I've gotta say I, I, I think your term calming is a good um, analysis, and I will be supporting it tonight, because um, it does seem like a, a reasonable candidate. As much as I don't like them, it seems like it, it might be a, a safety measure that works. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? No. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Jandron? Yes, and 22051 is approved. First passage, five to one. 22052 in ordinance ordering the payment of a $3,000 health care buyback to former employee Lori Perry. Motion, Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Kanoya, seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Council President. Director, uh, Deputy Director. Um, I noticed that all the councilors signed this. Was this discussed with the solicitor? What? Was it discussed with the yeah. solicitor? Did the um, council have an opportunity to discuss this with the solicitor? Well, after it was drafted, he saw it, yes. Okay. Uh, may I pass out a distribution? Sure. Thank you. Thank you. I decided to put my comments on paper because this is a former employee and I don't want to get into um, personnel discussions in a public forum. But if you will note that this is not a new issue, uh, it's been on the forefront with the solicitor's office since at least May. Uh, he is aware of the reasons and he actually supported 
Ian did a legal opinion that she was not eligible for medical buyback. When she was told this, she filed a complaint with the Rhode Island Department of Labor, and they dismissed her case without hearing. So I'm very surprised that the council has chosen to go against the solicitor's legal opinion in the opinion of the Rhode Island Department of Labor and Training. So the solicitor is well aware of this. You've seen it. Um, I think this is some draft that you have that never got issued because it went out for Mr. Ferguson. Um, that was upon his request after he signed the letter. But it didn't go out until it went out for Mr. Ferguson. With the solicitor's support. It went out for Mr. Ferguson. With right? the solicitor's so, report, yes. So, so this, this letter here that you have here signed by the solicitor never went out? No, it did not. Okay. Okay. So uh, here's what I would say. Um, the solicitor is well aware of this. Yes. Um, and this is an ordinance. And uh, I, would, I would move for passage. And the solicitor will be here at the next meeting. And it doesn't have to get second passage if everything you say, if, uh, if he feels differently. Um, and we can go from there. Any other comments? Council Councilwoman Gonzalez. Can we just table it? We could, but um, and that's just going to kick everything out with, another month. With an ordinance, it has the it's same two, effect. Two passages, so you, you get to the same place. And what's the problem with kicking it out another month? Because this individual has been waiting now uh, since May for her medical buyback. That she's not entitled to. According to you. Right. According to the solicitor. No, I don't think so. But that's okay. We'll see when he gets here. Okay. And that's, that's the idea. It's, a, it's an ordinance. If... The former employee is correct. We don't hold up her payment any longer unnecessarily. If your interpretation turns out to be correct, and the solicitor guides us to say that we are making an error, we simply don't give second passage and we end up in the same place. If, if he feels that our actions are warranted and we give second passage, then we've only held up her payment until September uh, and instead of bringing it into November. So, so could we table it for a work session? We can give first many, passage. Many ordinances have been tabled for work session. They are, but I feel that this individual has waited far too long for a payment that she's absolutely entitled to. So I will be supporting first passage. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? No. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 22052 is approved. First passage, 5 to 1. 22053 amended Article 16, streets and sidewalks to increase the rental rates for dump trucks and pickup trucks during snow emergencies. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Susi. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Uh, yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 22053 is approved, 6 to 0, first passage. 22054, amending personnel code to reclassify the position of legal assistant, Law Department. 
Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Council President. Uh, Assistant Director. So if you will note the ordinance references personnel code 5.7, which is attached as Exhibit A, which states that a classified employee may request classification adjustment. This position is non-classified. So this position does not have the rights under 5.7. Again, this is, um, and I see what you're saying, Cindy. But this, this is, <clears throat> this is the whereas clause that's saying that, which is quite frankly superfluous. Um, and unfortunately, the solicitor is not here. So, again, we're running out of we're running out of time on these things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna support this, and your issue could be certainly brought up. And if it's if that's the case, then it won't get second passage. Well, why wouldn't we table it for clarification from the solicitor? Because this came from him. It did. It did. It did. It came from him. So I'm assuming he, he, he was comfortable with it. And I don't want to – this will end up getting kicked out till the end, of, the end of October, whereas if we pass it, he's here at the next meeting, he can clarify it. If there's an issue, it's done. So, but what's the problem with it getting kicked out till the end of November? Waste time once again. We're, delay we're, we've delayed so many things. That's that's the the mo is that everything gets delayed and like, then nothing like gets paying accomplished. The this Just, is the first yes, time the it's been introduced to the council. There's no, been no delay. I, I, well, no, but it's, we don't want we don't want to we don't have delay. to delay it if we give it first passage and the solicitor says that there was an error. We either give it a new we amend it and give it a new first passage. We withdraw it, and it goes nowhere, or he says it doesn't matter because it's only a whereas, and we give it second passage, and there's no harm, no foul. But there's absolutely no reason to waste more time when the outcome is exactly the same. It will go nowhere if he says that it's not written properly. He wrote it. I'm assuming that he knew what he was putting the paper, and if there's a, a, a an error, we'll have to amend it, and we'll move forward with it next time. But it's and are you aware that to add a new position to the classification plan per personnel ordinance requires personnel board approval? He did not tell me that. Uh, yes, it does, and okay. he should have been aware of that. Okay, he should have he should have told me if that was the case. So, again, we'll be subject to their approval. Yeah, we can. Um, let's you know what? Let's make that amendment right now, so that at least we um, we don't have to amend it on Monday at uh, the, the next meeting, and it'll become first passage again. Um, I, I, let's just leave it the way it is, and then if it, if, if it has to get amended, then then we'll amend it. Or if it's wrong, as as um, Ms. Johnson said, we end up in the same place. So, all right, let's leave it the way it is. Any other comments? 
Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Uh, yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? <coughs> yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes, and 22054 is approved. Six to zero, first passage. 22R112, a resolution authorizing an order in the cancellation of certain taxes. Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Kenoya, seconded by Councilwoman, I mean Councilman Gillette, sorry. <laughs> uh, comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22R112 is approved, six to zero. 22R113, authorizing the cancellation of certain taxes. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? This is for $8,864 uh, $8, uh, for one, two, three, four, five items. Um, two for incorrect classification, one for homestead not applied, one was a tax exempt that should not have been taxed, and then one was a veteran exemption that was not applied. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22R113 is approved, 6 to 0. 22R114, authorizing the cancellation of certain taxes. Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Uh, Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Sorry. <laughs> Comments? Again, this is for $5,822.52 due to a revaluation error. Thank you very much. Uh, any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed, the ayes have it. And 22R114 is approved six to zero. 22R1. Before we, um, we continue, uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a, a different situation here. I, and I know Councilman Susi will have to recuse ourselves, which will require this council to do a one-time vote for a stand-in for president to handle this question. So I would ask for a motion for somebody to run this question. Um, and I will, at this point, uh, take that motion, do a quick vote for this one question. Um, and it's going to be a vote for a temporary uh, vice president to stand in in place of our current vice president for this one vote only. I make a motion um, to have Councilman Roger Gillette stand in as uh, vice president for the purposes of uh, taking up resolution 22R115 only. Motion Second. made by Councilman Knoyer, seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And the temporary appointment as vice president of the Woonsocket City Council for the application of resolution 22R115 is approved 6 to 0 for Councilman Gillette. Councilman Susi, and well, I will be recusing myself. And I will be recusing myself as well. Do we have any discussion, first of all? 
No. Go ahead. Vice President. Mr. <laughs> Vice President. Mr. Vice President. Um, no, I just, this is for uh, the Museum of Work and Culture. They're at Gala Night, and um, just, I, just, I'm sorry. We need a motion. Yeah, motion to approve 22 off 115. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Vice President. I think no, I should have realized that. That's okay. Yeah. So this is for the gala night for the Museum of Work and Culture. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to um, just tell everybody this is a wonderful museum. We this during this month what they're doing. Um, for the very first time in history, we've been doing the tour in Spanish on Saturdays at 11. I actually gave the very first tour the other day. And when you walk through um, and uh, see the history of Woonsocket, you would really, I, th I think it's just something that every citizen should do. So I just wanted to just plug it in, you know, in this time. So thank you. Anyone else? It's for the public's sake. Uh, this is a uh, the Museum of Work and Culture wishes to utilize certain properties for a parking uh, because of a function that they're going to be having over there, and uh, which is right around the corner from them. That's what this is all about. Any other discussion? There isn't. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. The ayes have it. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Councilman <laughs> Gillette. Moving back to the regular order of business, Madam Clerk. 22R116, granted permission to use city property. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra, seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Uh, yeah, just go ahead. No, this is for the bike to beach uh, for autism. Um, and uh, it'll be a road like race where they'll be using city property. Thank you. Any other comments? The whole staff here. Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. The ayes have it, and 22R116 is approved 6 to 0. 22R117, granting consent to GJ remodel, JG Remodeling LLC to apply for and receive a building permit to construct a two family dwelling on Woonsocket Assessors Map C3, Plat 14R. Lot 410, 421, also known as Lot 410, or 0 Cato Street, Winsocket, Rhode Island. Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer, seconded by Councilman Susi. Comments? Director, um, Dr. Uh, DeBrois, everything looked to be in order here? I reviewed it with the Law Department. We did a couple of inserts in the sections um, that the legal counsel put in for us. Um, so as long as Section 2 and Section 3 were the important ones for us, we were fine with everything. Perfect. Thank you. Any other comments? I just want to say, Attorney, I did not see you sitting there. I, I apologize. We would have taken this up um, earlier had I seen you and known what you were there for. I apologize. Thank you. I'm happy to watch government at work. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, with that being said, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22R117 is approved 6 to 0. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. 22R118, approving the appointment of a member to the Redevelopment Agency of Woonsocket by the Mayor. Motion to accept. Motion made by Councilman Susi. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments? Um, I have, again, I've, I've had this discussion before, and 
I am very, I'm supportive of uh, Mr. Mr. Auburn here, as well as we have a later one for another individual. But, um, Director, when are we going to get any reports? We're supposed to get quarterly reports and so forth from the redevelopment agency. And, you know, we don't know what they're doing, what they're working on. We do send out the agenda I know we with get the everything agenda, that's attached to it. There's I a specific... I've, I've seen the previous reports from previous directors. Yep. So, we're supposed to get uh, semi-annual reports um, detailing all transactions and activities that were completed over the prior six months, a forecast projection of activities anticipated to be taken over the next six months, including estimated costs and resources required. Um, a complete and detailed inventory of all properties owned and or controlled by the redevelopment agency, including address, plat numbers, et cetera, as well as monthly financial reports. And I know we get the agenda, but we haven't gotten a... You do get the financial report, and we are working on the uh, the list of all the properties that is started. Okay. It's just a, another one of the things catching up on new to the position. It's an executive director's job that's on top of that. It would help if we had the additional appointments made. Yep. I know in the past okay. it's been tabled for a workshop, but no workshop has been uh, requested from the department. So I'm, I'll support it, but just, you know. It does help to have members to make a, make a board to, work. I don't want to give you an excuse. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. So if you can give me those two members, we can have a good board. Any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22R 118 yeah. is approved. Yeah. Six to zero. Twenty-two R one nineteen authorizing the mayor to purchase the properties located at three sixty-six Cumberland Hill Road and zero Cumberland Hill Road, Winsaka, Rhode Island, also known as Assessors Plat Forty, Lot One Twenty-Three, and Assessors Plat Forty, Lot Ten. Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Canoyer, seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments. Council President. Councilman Canoyer. Um. I'm sorry. So this is for the property otherwise known as Hong Kong, and uh, the purchase price will be 800000 notwithstanding some people were tired of talking about it when they wanted to uh, change the price. But anyway, so we're at 800000 We'll be purchasing the property, um, and the, uh, the owner has agreed to that, so that's good for the city and good for the owner. It's a very fair and generous price, I might add, but, uh, so I will be supporting this. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing no, uh, you know what? There's no reference to the use of a grant. There was supposed to be um, a portion of the purchase price was going to be a grant that was received. That's, cor that's correct. And it, um, if I've got the number right, it was 312500 so I'll make a motion, um, Council President, you're exactly right, because we had to deal with that on one of the properties we had tonight. Uh, we weren't able to make the payment, so we don't want this to get hung up on the rocks either. Good. So I'll make, Good. A, I'll make a, um, an amendment to the end of Section, the end of section 1 F after Exhibit A, insert a semicolon and say, provided that funding shall be derived from a $312,000, $500 DEM grant. It, it, can I just ask that you, I, I can't 100% say that that's what the Oh, I know is. what it is. It is. It is, okay. Yes. Yep. 
Your memory is perfect. Right, good. Thank you. So again, provided, <clears throat> excuse me, because the 312500 was half of the appraised value of 625. So we're paying a premium over the 625 and the 312. So after Exhibit A, we would insert semicolon provided that the funding for this purchase shall be derived from a $312,500 DEM grant with the balance to be derived from upper funds to be, <clears throat> to, be, uh, to be allocated at a later date because we need an ordinance for that. So, make right, that motion. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments on the, on the amendment? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it, and 22R119 is amended 6 to 0. On the main motion as amended, comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Nay. Yeah. Nay? Okay, thank you. Um, let the record reflect that Councilwoman Sierra voted no on 22R119, but it passes 5 to 1 as amended. 22R120, authorizing the Director of Public Works to sell gravel and fill from Cass Park for Recreation Complex. Motion will approve a discussion. Motion made by Councilman Second. Knoyer, seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments? Council President. Councilman Knoyer. Um, again, I'm going to, I won't be supporting this. Um, the, um, and that's not because we don't, or I don't support putting a, uh, an athletic uh, field at Cass Park. That's a, that's how it'll be described. But um, we just supported purchasing the Ho Kong property, um, and you know I still want to have a work session to further discuss this. And, and I appreciate um, the director's uh, tenacity on this, and I respect his opinion. Um, he knows I think the world of him, but I just don't. I can't support this right now. Uh, we have a we have a plan from 2017, the Cass Park Master Plan, um, that lays all this out. And I still need to get a clear understanding why we are not simply renovating what we have, which is to resurface the John R. D. on track, put in a synthetic field there, uh, put in the stands, update the lighting. Uh, and again, with all due respect, I've heard. First, that the track was not the same size as the track in North Smithfield because we've made references to North Smithfield's beautiful complex that we could have something similar. Um, but in fact, the tracks are exactly the same and the director was kind enough to take time out of his Saturday, his day off, to uh, visit with me both at the Woonsocket track and the North Smithfield track. And we had a good time. We measured it completely after he watched me slip and fall on the ice. Uh, but they're exactly the same size. Um, and then I heard that there's no room for uh, bleachers, um, and if you look at the North Smithfield and you measure it, there's absolutely room. And in fact, the very detailed plan that was approved, I believe, by the planning board uh, from November of 2017 called for 880, um, 880 seats, bleachers on the right-hand side, like and 200 and 200 and some odd seats, 280 or some some 200 some odd seats on the opposite side. Um, so. I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling with the whole notion of tearing up the park when we can, frankly, from my perspective, uh, follow this comprehensive uh, master plan uh, 
that was put together by the administration, not by Jim Canoyer, not by the city council, but by the administration, uh, very clearly delineates everything that was going to be done, um, and we can accomplish the, quote, complex and get everything we want, at least 95% of what has been discussed, without having to tear up the park and sell the gravel. Um, and yes, the gravel will generate some revenue, um, and I have confidence in the director's um, views and opinions on that. Um, but the reality is, until we put a shovel on the ground, we don't know exactly how much gravel, we're, uh, how much um, we're going to monetize out of the gravel. Um, and I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to go down that path. We have everything we need in this plan. Um, so I will not support this at this point. I'm happy to have that discussion if we can do it in a meeting as opposed to on WNRI. I'm happy to have uh, the radio. I'd rather um, have that discussion in a meeting and someone can convince me why this um, comp you know, master plan that was approved. Yeah, so I would, uh, I'll, I'll make a motion. Want me to yeah. Motion, all right, I'll make a motion to table. Motion made by Councilman Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. I'll second. Seconded by Councilman Susi to table 22R120. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22R120 is tabled 6 to 0. 22R121, approving the reappointment of a member of the redevelopment agency of Winsaki by the mayor. Motion to pass. Motion made by Councilwoman Gonzalez, seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? This is for Mr. LaHoos to be appointed, and I echo my prior comments. So I will be supporting it, but we need to get our reports. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 22R121 is approved 6 to 0. 22R122, authorizing the City Council to hire outside counsel to provide legal services regarding a complaint filed against Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilman Gillette and Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none. Council, oh, oh. Council President. Councilwoman Gonzalez. So, um, when it comes to uh, this resolution, I just, um, I've been, uh, you know, just uh, thinking about this thing and just seeing that um, to be able to invest all these funding into legal services for the city council and legal services for uh, the mayor, um, when we are so close to the elections where she is unopposed, um, no matter what the result is, in January, we're back in the same place with probably a more toxic relationship or more injured or, you know, a hurt relationship between the council and, um, and the mayor. And for that reason, um, I will not be approving it because I believe that it's just money that is going to, um, from the taxpayers, that is going to be allotted and paid for something that in not even already by December, she would be back in office because she's unopposed. So any other comments? Um, I respectfully disagree. Um, we've been down this path before, and you took that position when we had a censure. We backed off on this when we had a censure, and... Um, we thought that was going to resolve the issue. And at some point, 
Um, you, you need to have accountability. We'll see where this goes. Um, uh, there may be, maybe nothing comes comes of it. Maybe you know, we won't know until we have the hearing. Um, but uh, you heard from a, a group of individuals here this evening that um, are not getting paid. That's a problem. Okay, we have a police department that's depleted. We're losing people. Um, anyway, so I don't want to have the hearing here tonight. I will be supporting this, and I, you know, again, we, for me, it's like a child. You can't just say, okay, well, it's late. They're going to go to bed soon and just ignore the, you know, the misbehavior or whatever, um, or the alleged misbehavior. So I will be supporting this. Thank you. Any other comments? President. Councilman Susi. Yeah, it's a, you know, there's the unpleasant moments in our, in our times here in, in council. Because it's so late in, in the game here, to, to, the election is in, uh, what, a month and a half or whatever it is, um, you know, this is essentially, no matter what happens, it's essentially a censure, but it's going to cost us a lot, a lot of money. It really, because at the, the end of the day, by the time this works its way through, the election comes, we, she may be out of office, for, say it, it goes the way that we're thinking here, uh, she's out of office for, what, a few weeks? And then it's back, and yet we're going to be saddled with these, with these legal fees on her side and our side. You know, we talk about money, we talk about, you know, uh, people's burdens and so forth. I think this is wasted money at this late juncture because there's just not enough time to make it worth, worth anything, right? If it was at the beginning of, her, of, 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 of someone's term, well, that would be two years when we'd have, you know, uh, something to, to, to talk about. But this is a matter of a couple weeks, a few weeks at most, and one of us will be, you'll probably be, be the acting mayor if it happens. I'm not sure what, what it gets us. I'm not sure, besides already what's obvious that we're not you know happy with with what she's done and what she's not doing uh to, to just saddle our, our taxpayers with i think needless legal fees in this at this late juncture i, I can't support it so i and i hope i, I just i've seen us spend on legal fees before and on on things that we want to push on principle but at the end of the day we have to really sit back and say what are we doing what is it going to accomplish besides what a censure couldn't do um, especially because, you know, in, in, a, in a very short period of time, everything's back to where we are right now. So I, I just want to ask you, though. Yeah. What effect did the censure have that we already did? If, again, if it was the beginning of a term, no, no, I, no. Make, I, no, I know no, no. it obviously no, no, no. didn't do much. Yeah. Say it again. <laughs> obviously, it didn't make the, the effect. It did not had. fix the problem. Right. Council okay. President. Any other comments for the first time? <laughs> I, I have one. Councilwoman Sierra. I, I just think it's extremely unwise. I, I, well, first of all, I certainly don't want to discuss um, the impending hearing at all. I don't think that's wise. But I, I just kind of have to say, I mean, why would you go into anything like this without legal counsel? It seems kind of silly to me. And as far as, I, I mean, we're talking a, a couple of hours to have somebody here to mediate because our city solicitor cannot because he works for both the council and the administration. So we do need legal counsel to go into something of this magnitude and, and the council not have legal counsel. It, it really does seem very silly to me. As far as the mayor's counsel, what, who she hires pending how the resolution turns out, that would be paid for by her. Not us. 
if I'm if I'm correct in in interpreting my my charter. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that. Well, I'm not sure, but I do think that that's the case. I wasn't. If there's a resolution and it's successful, but I I just don't understand why anyone would not want representation. Doesn't make much sense. Council President, I just I would like to say one thing for to start. I want to just take a step back for a minute because I think some of us are already um, going to an emotional response and saying it's too late in the day, it's, um, you know, whatever the case may be. The fact of the matter is we're ordered by our swearing in to follow the city charter. That charter, charter has a provision in it for removal of office, removal from office for any elected official, if a counselor brings charges, it doesn't say we may have a hearing, it says we shall have a hearing. And as we're sworn to follow that charter, we have a member who filed a complaint. We now have an obligation to have that hearing. This resolution does not say you agree with the charges. It does not say that you think that they are warranted. It simply says that we are authorizing the hiring of legal counsel. Now, I think we saw tonight, we don't have legal counsel here tonight, and there's two ordinances that gave pause because we needed somebody to be able to answer those legal questions. I think that if we expect the mayor to have a fair <coughs> hearing, um, oh, no. both sides need legal, legal counsel. So I would, I would hope that tonight's vote to give the city council um, the legal counsel that they need would be no different if the mayor requested legal counsel. Um, that there would be support for a required hearing. And as far as where this is in our term, I've said it before, I've said it publicly, and I'll say it tonight. Um, if anyone feels like their term is close enough to being over, then walk away. Because you took an oath to hold up the charter until you're duly replaced by a new city councilor. And so that means like a police officer on patrol finishing up his shift and driving back to the station to turn in his cruiser for the end of his shift at 3.59 in the afternoon, his shift is almost done, just like our term is almost done. But I would hope that if any police officer, and I know that if any police officer at near the end of their shift saw a drunk driver, they would pull him over because they don't have the attitude that I'm almost at the end of my shift, let it go. We have a responsibility, we took an oath, it's till the day we're replaced. And I feel that it doesn't matter if it's in December, of our first day of in office or up until the last day, we have a responsibility to perform our job 
as we gave an oath. And so saying that it's too close to the end of the term, I, I think is, is like saying a police officer should just ignore a drunk driver because he's at the end of his shift. So I will obviously be supporting this tonight, um, and I would hope that uh, my colleagues would too. At least this is for the hiring of legal counsel, nothing else. Any other comments? Council President. Councilwoman Sierra. Nope. I mean, uh, sorry, <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah, so in no way am I saying we're so close to the end of the term that we would not do our duty. I think part of our duty is to be able to watch um, for the benefit of the city. And when we look at when we look at back at the censure, um, you, you, you just said it right now, you agree that you did the censure and nothing happened. And now this time is something that will also, um, now we're putting money into it and, um, and we'll be finding ourselves in the same place. And when the censure happened uh, before, it wasn't that I voted against it saying that um, it shouldn't be. I actually, if you remember correctly, I said that there should be some kind of mediation that never happened. Um, it's not that you just look at things and say, oh, you know what, let's just forget it, Let, let's ignore it. It's not at all, you know, that we ignore whatever the issues are at hand, is that there's always different options. And, um, and for me, the big issue and I know that we're just saying it's uh, it's 200 and I think it was like 25 an hour or something like that and it doesn't seem like much but whenever I've seen any legal bills come through through um, uh, through this uh, body it always seems like it adds up really really fast and we just had a whole bunch of people here today talking about you know the impact of you know, uh, tax dollars and, 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 and levies and all these things and to spend money for something that would only affect about a few weeks, you know, um, because again, she's running on a pose and this wouldn't keep her from, you know, filling the position in, in um, December. It feels to me like we would be um, spending um, this money, getting all this legal action to find ourselves sort of like with the censure with nothing really productive out of it. All right, thank you very much. And with that, Madam Clerk, I'm gonna ask for a roll call vote. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? No. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? No. President Gendron? Yes, and 22, I lost the number, 22R-122 is approved 4 to 2. Since there's no further business of the City Council, I would ask for a motion to, to adjourn. adjourn. Motion made by Councilman Kanoyer. Second. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra and Councilwoman Gonzalez to adjourn this meeting. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it, and this meeting is adjourned at 917.